You've survived the worst. Trauma, loss, rejection. The reality is, your pain can be a crutch, or it can be the thing that launches you. You're listening to the Purpose Through Pain podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you experience true freedom and breakthrough. Tune in each week as guests share their incredible life lessons from their personal stories and hear from experts who can give you the tools you need to stop surviving and start thriving. Here to help you find purpose through your pain is your host, Joseph James. Hey everyone, and welcome to another great episode of Purpose Through Pain Podcast. I am your host, Joseph James. I have an amazing guest. All my guests are amazing, but this guy right here, his name is Michael Faber, and he is the founder and CEO of Unleash You Now. He created a six-figure business in four months with no ad spending, no email list, no organic lead generation. Michael and his fearless team host conferences internationally in addition to courses, programs, groups, retreats, and the Unleash You Now Mastermind Group. In addition to Unleash You Now, Michael is also the executive director of a nonprofit that focuses on suicide prevention and owns several other businesses. He is known in the entrepreneurial space for the impactful movement he has created while focusing on business and personal growth. If you haven't attended one of his famous retreats, it's a must-do one for your business. And we're going to talk more about how you can get connected with Michael uh, and later in the episode. But Michael, welcome and thank you so much for coming on the show today. I'm, I'm truly honored. Brother, the honor is all mine, man. I was so hyped uh, when you asked. Literally, you were like, yo, here's some days. And literally, it was the first time you gave me. I was like, that, that's it. <laughs> I want to do it the first time. So I'm hyped just to be here, brother. And man, time awesome, with you. brother. Awesome. Now, Michael, you and I were just kind of just chit-chatting back and forth, and you were telling me your story. And for those that are listeners, I need y'all to stay tuned to this because this guy's been through some stuff, and what he's doing now for communities, for outreaches, it's going to be it's, – it's very impactful. It's going to continue to be impactful. But, Michael, you grew up – you had some anger issues. You grew up in a military family. You've gone through some own your own stuff. Take me back to that time frame, that 10-year-old boy when you were going through all this anger and resentment towards people and just not wanting to be around them. All right. Uh, again, thank you for having me. You said something great uh, when we were talking right backstage. I was like trying to record because you were just dropping gem after gem. I was just like, I thought we were on the show. I was just like, dude, this dude's <laughs> fire. Like, I'm not even going to talk. I'm going to listen. Right. And um, you said everyone's hard is like their own heart. Right. Like when we're in pain, the chemical release for you and me, whatever the pain is, is the same. Yeah. Right. Like heartbreaks, heartbreak. Yeah. Right. Like who are we to say or, or judge the story of another person's heart? Right. Right. So that's one of the first things. It's like when you went through something that utterly shatters you, you went, you were shattered. Yeah. Like whatever that was, feel comfortable knowing that no one should or don't let anyone have a say in your shatter right? Like yours is yours. And there's a reason why your story is yours. It's your power, right? Like I think the way we were talking to each other, I would be safe to say that our story is our secret power, right? Because no one lived through our story, the way we lived through our story, going through what we were going through, when we were going through our story, right? And the feelings we were feeling while the the journey was happening. That's completely ours, right? We could have very, we could have a lot of similarities, but it's still our journey. And nobody can take it. Ever, ever. It's always yours and no one else has it. Right. So share it, embrace it and know that's your don't hide from the world from it because of it. Own that thing and let it shine to the world because that's yours. Yeah. So uh, you said 10 years old. There's an 
I'll start from my first thought. Like I literally in a competition to write the worst books ever written in the first worst book ever written. In one of the chapters, I talk about the day where I either, either had to wake up and walk towards my nightmare or stay asleep in my dream. Mm. And uh, I don't know about how you grew up, but how I grew up, there wasn't a lot of TVs in the house. So yeah. if, if something was happening, there was like one TV that was like the family room, right? It's not like now there's TVs in the bathroom now. Right? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, damn, no wonder people spend so much time in the bathroom. There's TVs in here now, right? right? But, <laughs> but like, we didn't have that. We had one TV. I have three older brothers and two older sisters. I did not get a lot of time where they were like, oh, Mike, pick what you want to watch. So that never happened. So I'm like the famous guy that would sneak down the middle of the night and watch like infomercials just to have control of something. Right. And, uh, and that's why I know all the late night cheesy infomercial guys is because I, w- I was watching them. But uh, so one night I did that, but I fell asleep on the couch in the room. And when I opened my eyes, it was in the morning and my mom was on the ground crying. My, my sister was standing over her crying and my dad was standing over her, right? And I, I had no idea what was happening, but that's when I had to make the decision. Do I go towards them or do I act like I'm still sleeping and stay here? I ended up going towards them. That's why I said I went towards my nightmare because I thought my dad did something to my mom or something. And when I got there, my sister said uh, that Joey was dead and Joey was my brother. My brother's one of the 22 year data serves the country that took his own life. He killed himself in the garage of our house. And that was the first time I experienced that kind of pain. Before that, I guess I was lucky. I was 10 years old and that was the first time I learned what life can hit you with. Some experienced it younger than I was. Some experienced at birth, it's, it's different. So I was 10 years old and I was hit by that. And my dad being military, my brother being military, everybody pretty much being military, but me, we, as men, we weren't hurt. You never let someone know you're hurt. Yeah. Right. You hide that thing as much as possible. One of the, re- one of the things I said, I, I love about you and what really resonated with me, aligned with me and, and almost like brought me to you like you're a magnet was how honest you are and open you are about your hurt. Because for men, especially for that grew up during the time we grew up, it's, it's very hard for men to do that, get over the programming we have of not doing that, right? It used to be this determined manly by not saying it. How much can you take? That was the man thing. And now it's still how much can you take, but how much can you say you took? Rather before it was act like you didn't take it. Like, oh, no, that didn't hurt. That didn't hit me. Now it's, yeah, I got hit by that. I'm still here. And the evolution of me realized that punching someone isn't tough and getting hit by someone isn't that tough. I got hit plenty of times. I, I thought I was good at fighting. I realized I was just good at getting hit. And the emotional toughness, right? The mental toughness, that's tough, right? That's real strength. And when I was younger, I always saw my dad as like the toughest dude. And then when I got older and all the stuff my mom went through, I was like, he's the toughest person I know. He went through all of this. And just kept going. There wasn't a day I didn't think she loved me. After going through burying her own son, burying the love of her life, right? Like beating cancer multiple times, having her family screw over, having kids screw over, did all that. And every day I knew she loved me. It was an amazing tough as my mom. She supported me way more than she should have. But what that happened to a 10-year-old was I was angry because that's what men were. So I was angry. So I started getting angry at 10. And then it was another thing that hurt me, right? I lost a mentor of mine to cancer when he was in high school and I was in middle school. He died. When I was in high school, I dared a guy to take a car to meet me at a party, took the car, crashed it, and passed away in the accident. Then I felt hurt and guilt. And all this time, I'm stuffing this down, and I'm angry. I'm getting in trouble. I'm getting arrested. I'm going to juvie. All this good stuff. I say good stuff sarcastically. It wasn't good. And I'm doing this in an adult, and then 18 hits, I'm still doing it. My dad dies when I'm 18, 19. We were not in a great relationship. We were just starting to mend it. And then that happens. I'm grateful and lucky that one of the last things I got to say to him was, I love you, not knowing he was about to happen. So I got very lucky because we didn't talk for years. And then the last six months before he passed, we started talking a little bit because we thought my mom's self was deteriorating. 
ended up, he ended up passing away. But so I'm, I'm grateful that I got the six months with, uh, talking to my dad that I did. But through the different losses, all this stuff, even when my dad dies, I'm hurt, but I'm, I'm saying I'm angry. And I catch a case. I was in court for like two years, so I had to be around 18, 19. Catch a case uh, where I'm facing over 20 years. All right? It's one of those ones that you miss most of your life. And at this point, I'm still like, I don't care. Bring it. Like, I don't give a damn. Right? You're going to feel my pain because I can't express it. So people are going to feel it. And I'm in way over my head in the lifestyle I live, trying to act like I'm somebody that I'm really not or don't want to be. At the time, I don't know that. And it's a crazy week. I finally beat that case. I get shot at him in an incident where guns are fired. And then I find out I'm having a kid, a daughter. And that kind of was the, oh, shit. I got to stop going down this road. I'm going down because this is how it's going to end. And I just lost my dad not long ago at that point. And I didn't want my daughter to feel that. So I was like, I don't want to be dead or in jail for her. So I'm going to drop this whole life. I'm going to move. I'm going to start over. I give anyone credit that can stay in the same set, stay up in the mix after some drama happens, because I couldn't do that. I had to get to where I could start with a fresh sleep and just start doing my own thing. You say that like, that's going to be the glory scene, but it ended up not being the glory scene. I ended up, I continued it on the same path for a while, but not troublesome. Man, that's good, man. I mean, you know, the things that you went through during that time, you know, we were, even I was taught to, you don't cry. You don't cry unless you're hurt. And you better be hurt to the point that you got to go to the hospital. You mm-hmm. know, and I remember having all those bottled up emotions, having that anger towards my dad. I hated my dad. Man, I hated my dad. You know, growing up in an abusive family, I just began to hate people in general. And... I wasn't a violent person. I was very small, so I would probably had more lessons in getting hit than actually fighting, you know, <laughs> being successful, you know, at it. But I knew walls didn't hit back, <laughs> you know. Brick walls hurt a lot more than sheetrock does unless you hit a two-by-four. But there was something you said earlier that a high school coach had asked you about and you ever make anyone's life better. Explain that to me. So I was rebellious. I, was, I talked a lot of trash. I still talk some trash, but I talked a lot of trash when I was younger. I was very aggressive with it, friend, foe, and different. And finally, a coach was like, man, like I, he's like, I don't understand why I didn't be friends with you. He said, uh, said, man, I have a real question. You ever make anyone's life easier? Anyone ever breathe easier because you existed? And what's crazy at the time, that question meant nothing to me. Right. It was later when my life crumbled and the reality shattered and I was like, down out trying to figure out who I was and who I wanted to be. And I was, I found myself on a stoop in Alabama, Mobile, Alabama. Let me tell you a place, dude, I bet it's beautiful. I bet there's some really nice parts I'll never visit. <laughs> right. And uh, cause the Mobile Inn was a scary place for me. I'll always remember that. And uh, I was sitting on a stoop at the Mobile Inn and I, that question came to my head when I realized the different chapters I was writing in my life. And at that point, the answer was no. And that kind of, made me question my existence in a whole and what was the point of me to that point, which was like almost 30 years. And then that question then shaped into everything we're doing now, unless you now came to be uh, speaking, doing the memberships, doing the mastermind, things of that nature. Because if we're not making someone breathe easier today, what are we doing? Are we valuing our existence? Yeah, without a doubt. Now, roughly by the age of 19, you've already lost your father. You've lost your brother. Mm -hmm. But there was also a point where you hit some really, really lows and you had some other people. I mean, you lost mm. your friend that was in the, the car accident. But you got a phone call one day from another friend um, mm-hmm. that asked you about you know, some trouble he was having and you dismissed it. And then something happened. Talk to me about that. 
right? My boy, Matt Carter, amazing dude, a great young man, right? One of my best friends. Uh, give me a call. I'm hitting fake golf balls in my yard and I'm horrible at golf still to this day. <laughs> so I'm hitting fake golf balls in my yard and he calls me, he got in a fight with his wife. And, you know, I'm thinking like, come on, all of us that are or have been married, we all have been in a fight with our significant other. We have all experienced it, right? There's been times where we all have been like, wah, right. like, give me a minute, <laughs> right? Like, let me go for a drive. Let me go to the store. Like, I don't care. I'll walk and hand cut the yard with scissors. Just give me a minute. Yeah. And uh, so I'm thinking it's one of those moments. I'm just like, yeah, bro, it's fine. Whatever. Just go home. You guys work it out. It's cool. Let me know how it goes. See you later. The Smith said, hang up the phone. And the next day I get the call that says he took his own life. And that was crushing me. Like that one, that one broke the container I had with all this hurt in it. So no longer am I feeling that hurt. I'm feeling all the hurt, hurt I stored for almost 30 years. Well, at that point, it was like 19 years from the first one to that one, yeah. right? And all the ones along the way. And think about like, think about experiencing all your hurt, right? Like you said a part of your story about how your father died. He was one of your, he was like your best friend when he passed and, and your wife died and he died within like a 17 day span, yeah. like a two week span. And that's a crazy amount to go through in that short of time, right? That's a lot of hurt to be able to digest all of that. The process I'm telling you, you like, you don't know. You're like, yeah, I know, bro. Uh, you're like, yeah, I get this. You don't have to explain it to me, but it's like, take all that hurt and ignore it and then keep piling on hurt and then face it at one point, all of it yeah. and realize that no longer do you have that hurt. You're also a fraud. That's what I felt like. I felt like a fraud. I felt like I was living the fakest life possible. And by living that fakest life possible, I didn't hear what one of my friends was saying when I could have been there and changed the game, maybe change the script to the movie. So it was like, never again. And I got low. I, I got, I got on, on, I got hooked on some pain meds. I got very heavy with the bottle and I ended up on Lewis beach in Delaware with a gun in my hand saying it was going to be it. Right. And a picture of my daughter fell out of my pocket. And I told you that's the second time my daughter saved my life from myself. And I hope that never has to happen again. And that's why I always tell my daughter, she's my greatest gift. I'm not hers. She's my greatest gift. I'm like, all right, I can't do this. Can't do this to her. I can't do this to people that care about me and love me. I have to figure out what's wrong with me, right? Because at that point, something's wrong with me, yeah. right? Because we love saying that. It's easy to say, something's wrong with you. Oh, all right, cool. So I'm like, oh, I got to find me. I heard like a couple motivational speakers and they're like, hey, you got to find yourself, buddy. I'm like, you're right. I do. So I like start on this journey to go find myself, right? I'm like looking behind trees, looking under rocks checking out people's houses, seeing if I'm hiding in there. They didn't like that much. No, so I'm like, damn, where am I? And I ended up in Mobile, Alabama. And I was sitting on that stoop. And I, I figured out my first 19 years, I was the villain. I was the bad guy in my own story. Like we're all, our life is a movie and we're going to play characters in our life. Make sure you're playing the character you want. And for the first, first 10 to 19, 10 to 20, I was, I was the villain in my story. I was the one destroying my life. And then all of a sudden I had an Alabama accent when I said that. I got, I got into it. I was like, my life. So then it was like, I thought that was the worst part. But then I realized, you know, for the next 10 years, I was a damsel in distress. Like I was in the castle growing this beard out, trying to let people climb up it to save me. I'm kidding. I wasn't doing that at that point. But it was like Redunzel or something. Person that needed saving had long hair. I didn't have long hair, but I had a long beard. So I'm waiting for someone to come save me. What we all have to learn is, and why I always say like, I can't be your hero. You can't be their hero. No offense to you. Like they have to be the hero of their story. Yeah. They have to play that role. And I realized I had to be the hero of my story. I had to save me. But I also learned that I created the villain because I thought that's what I needed to survive, to get through. And then I created the damsel in the stress because I thought that's what I needed to get through. And I stopped wanting to get through. I started wanting to be. I wanted to be the man that was a great friend 
I wanted to be the man that was a great father. I wanted to be the man that was a great son. I wanted to be the man that was a great lover, right? More than one way. Wink, wink. No, but it was like, I wanted to be that person, right? You're like, he's like, stop it. <laughs> but I wanted to be it. So then it was like, all right, how can I create that? How can I create a life where I make someone's life better every day? How can I create that life? One of the things I can do from little things like opening the door, holding the door for someone, right? Using manners, buying something in a drive through line, holding something for something, picking up some taking a cart back for someone at a suit, like at a supermarket, little things I can do to make people's lives better or easier. Start looking for those opportunities. And the crazy thing is when you look for things, you'll find them. Yeah. Right. It's crazy. It's weird how that works, how the mind works, how powerful that shit is. When you actually look for something, you'll have a weird way of finding it. And I say that to own, for you to own that power. Cause if you look for bad, you're going to find it. But if you look for good, you'll find that too. Right. So it's all about what are you seeking? What are you looking for? And then what, who are you creating? to be the person you want to be because right. you're creating yourself every day. Yeah, absolutely. So you're at that point of wanting to commit suicide and mm-hmm. now you're, you've gotten past that and you had that empowering moment of knowing that you're, you were the villain, you were the damsel, understanding that you can now be the hero. How did you start creating the hero? What did you do? <sighs> I went through a hell of personal growth. Like I found my new drug of choice. Yeah. It's personal development. Right. And it still is my drug of choice. Love it, man. Love it. Right. (laughs) Best drug I've ever done. (laughs) We on the same drip. (laughs) Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Best drug I've ever done to this date has served me the best of any of them. Yeah. Has created highs. I never thought I would have. Right. Has kept me from lows that I would have experienced because like something that I, I hope we touch on at some point is like the fight. Oh yeah. Because while we're creating this life, the fight still happens. Mm hmm. I think a lot of times, I love the question you asked, because I think a lot of times people are like, oh, now everything went, it's like, no, no. All right, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's funny, you can speak what you want to the universe, to God, to all that, you can pray, you can do all that funny stuff, and you're going to be tested, yeah, it, life, whatever it is, it's going to test you, yeah, we're going to go through right? the storm, we're going to, damn right, 100%, and it's because the storm does something for us, yeah, it sucks when we're in it, Believe me, I'm not sitting here being like, thank you for this, right? There's some of that, like, because yeah. after that, I lost two of my boys to overdoses. Yeah. Right? Since this, since this journey started. And it's like, it may, we're going to be tested. Yeah. Like, we're going to have issues. They're still going to happen. So I would love to say, now everything's great. Everything went so smoothly. But I went, I went back and I really jumped into personal growth and development. And I really started owning my story. I started being very open about my story too, right? The hurt the dumb stuff I've done, how I was the villain, how I was damsel in distress, showing failures, showing the scars. It's always like, you don't want to bleed on someone, wounds, right? Like, but you can show scars yeah. because, because there's, there's some healing to that. Now, don't get me wrong. If you have a wound, you reach out to people you love and care about that love and care about you, you guys can work through that. But don't share that as something that's going to inspire someone else because blood doesn't inspire. So it was, how can I turn this and use this to show others that they don't have to go through what I went through to get to this point. How can, what we all try to do, right? And why uh, now I talk with a lot of business owners, entrepreneurs, we try to save people years. Yeah. It's like to you to get to this part, you act, took you this many years. And for me to get here, it took me this many years. Someone behind us on the journey, we can save them years of the journey by showing what we did and how we did it and where we went off course, right? Where we went on, sharing our stories, our knowledge, our know-how, how we applied it right? Theory is great, but applied theory is better. So it's, I went to my buddy, right? One of my best friends and still with me today and still part of Unleash You Now today, Alex McClure. And I'm like, Alex, I gotta talk to you. He's like, all right. He's like, this is probably bad. I'm like, no, 
it's not. He's like, all right. I'm like, good news. We're going to change the world. Right. And my boy's like, are you high? (laughs) And I'm like, no, seriously, we're going to change the world. And he's like, no, you're not. I'm like, I didn't say me. I said, we, and he's like, we can't change the world, bro. I'm like, we can't, we're going to like, that's happening. He's like, how are we going to change the world? said one person at a time. That's it, man. Just one person to listen to us at a time. And I'm like, we're going to impact a billion people. And if we impact a billion people, we change the world because the ripple effect of that is everyone. All right. Because there's like 7.9 billion people on earth. You get 1 billion, you got the rest. And literally still to this day on the wall next to me, I have nine zeros club and everybody thinks it's the nineties club. And they're like, Oh my God. And I'm like, no, I didn't. I don't, I'm not talking about the nineties. It's nine zeros. It's a billion. And it's because we want to impact a billion people. So this funny thing happened. I started learning, growing, mastering our craft, right? Because we're not just like, we're it, right? Like, that's not my thing. I, I love, that's why I, the coaches in space hates me because I love that meme where it's like, I didn't eat the brownie today. I'm a health coach. Right. There's so many people that are coaches. They're just like, oh, yeah, today I'm a coach. Right? It's like, what? Right? So I, uh, I went and like started mastering my craft, learning, growing, learning, growing. And what happens when you do, right? You just want to serve. As soon as you help somebody, you're like, oh my God, I want to do this. Dude, that's so powerful, man, because, you know, Simon Sinek, um, I saw a video of him the other day, and he was being interviewed by somebody, and I can't remember who it was, and I only saw like a minute of it, and he was talking about, you know, taking alcoholics through a 12-step program, right? And this can apply for anything and anybody, and he doesn't share the 11 steps, you know, but he's like, if they don't do the last step, he says, they'll always be an alcoholic. You'll always be a mm-hmm. victim. You'll always be hurt. You'll always be. And the 12th one was this right here. Find somebody to help yep. and help them. Yep. And it's crazy because when I was going through all, you know, the death of my father, the death of my wife, my baby at the time, he was just one years old. He had turned one, two and a half weeks prior to my wife passing away. Mm. He just turned one. And about 45 days after that, he's now being life flighted to a hospital where he's malnutrition, can't hold down food, took doctors over, uh, four, he was hospitalized for 45 days, took doctors over 30 days to figure out he has uh, gluten uh, or celiac disease, can't eat anything gluten. So everything that he was eating, he was now vomiting up and, and diarrhea and things like that because his body couldn't take it. So I'm going through one thing after another, you know, family attacking me, friends saying you'll never be a good dad, single father, oh. things like that. And, and at the same time, I am, what you talked about is being the hero of your story, right? You were creating that. You knew that you were a villain. You knew that you were the damsel in distress. And I told you this is we have the ability to create the atmosphere in which we want to live. And for me, I'm like, man, there's so much depression going on in the world. I'm like, I don't want to be depressed. I don't want to act like this. I'm like... What's helping me is actually sharing my story because vulnerability brings healing. And people kept on asking me, the number one question I I was receiving all the time is like, how can you go through all of this and yet still smile and still have so much joy? And I'm like, to begin with, I'm like, I don't know. But then I begin, Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, what am I going through? I'm like, I had to learn to write dreams, goals, and visions. You know, Mm -hmm. I had to take time to grieve and... Mm -hmm. The one thing that was helping me out so much that I didn't realize to begin with is that I was finding people to help and I was helping them. Mm. Because when I began to share my story, when I would coach somebody, so to say, somebody called me, I was like, hey, do you do coach? And I'm like, well, yeah, I guess I, I kind of do. I'm like, I don't know. I'm no life coach or anything, but I'll, you can talk. <laughs> I'm a good listening ear. <laughs> and 
they would begin to share stuff with me, and it's like I'd give them a little piece of advice. I'm like, man, that's good, man. I need to use that for myself. I'm like, I like that, man. I'm like, I need to write that down. I'm like, I wish I could have recorded all the phone calls that I've that I've been on, you know. Even with podcasting now, it's just like, man, I'm like, that's good. I need to think about that one. I'm like, I'm glad these are being recorded. And ultimately, it's when we begin to help other people, when we begin to open up about ourselves, when we begin to be transparent and vulnerable. Okay, so much healing comes, and I just want to encourage the listeners, and because. A lot of people struggle with vulnerability, and this is why. It's the number one people why number one reason why people struggle with vulnerability is because in the midst of being vulnerable, they get hurt. Because what is vulnerability? Vulnerability is nothing but opening up a wound. Now, I've spent some time in sports medicine. The best way to clean a room wound is open that sucker up. You open it up, you brush all the stuff out, and it hurts. Man, does it hurt. However, what it does is it brings healing. Because now you got all the dirt, the debris, you got all the funk and junk in there, the foreign bodies that would keep it from healing. But we're so afraid of hurt instead of, you know what? I'm not worried about what that person says. I need to bring, I need to get healing. I need healing to myself. Personal growth is, is by far the best, one of the best. You know, I know the Bible says laughter, laughter does the body good like a medicine. Man, personal growth does too. And because it allows us to be able to start seeing ourself. And when you said, I got to find myself, that's ultimately what it boils down to is finding ourselves. And you said something earlier about the longer it takes to get through something. Can you, ex- do you remember what you said? Yeah. Ex- the longer it takes to get through, uh, the longer it takes to grow from. The longer it takes to grow from it. I like that. By not being vulnerable, man. And, you, and we talked about this earlier, by not being vulnerable, it takes us longer to get through it. It really mm-hmm. does. People in this nation right now feel good about sharing negative stuff because it creates a story. You said it earlier and you nailed it, okay? Our lives are like movies, right? Every movie has to have a bad guy, okay? Mm -hmm. And the thing about every movie that has a bad guy, if you saw the good guy from the very beginning, it wouldn't be that great of a movie. You gotta have Mm -hmm. a build-up process, right? You gotta have the bad guy that builds up the process Mm -hmm. then so the good guy can come in and swoop. But we get... Character development. Yeah, we get so... We get so stuck on that development of who we are as a negative, sharing our negativity. Because think about this, Michael, think about this. And I want the listeners to think about this. When you're walking through your workspace, whether it's a doctor's office or a hospital, wherever you work at, think about the next time somebody asks you or you ask them how they're doing. We have the tendency when somebody says, man, I'm not having a good day, man. We stop and we really, well, tell me about it, man. I'd love to hear it because people do want to connect, right? We do want to make Mm -hmm. that connection. Oh, yeah. But then also think about the flip side. When you say, oh, man, I'm doing great. What do people do? They keep walking. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, because then they're like, well, if you're doing great, there's nothing I can do to help you. But, but that's the stories. Or there's need. nothing I can hear to make myself feel better. Yeah, but that's honestly the stories we need to hear. 100%. You know, we need to hear and, it all. And I love where you're at now that you said about, here, here's the thing. When we're walking through hell, our own individual hell, right? Fire can only do one of two things to you. It can either refine you or destroy you. The mm-hmm. choice is yours. Because we all go through hell. We all go through a storm. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. all do. But what do storms do, man? Storms tear up the ocean bottoms from all the junk and all that. It polishes things off. It makes things new again. It makes new life. Mm-hmm. A fire, even in destroying land, brings back new growth. Mm-hmm. And 
we get stuck from being the villain to then being the victim. Mm. Because a villain is mm-hmm. still an actionable individual. You're just playing the wrong the role. The damsel in distress. All right. You know? The damsel in distress. You're a victim. Yeah. The victim is doing nothing. They're not taking mm-hmm. action. They're mm-hmm. blaming. Everybody else's fault. Yeah. Someone else is responsible for this. They need to help me. I love that you said that. Uh, it's like one of the things I love to talk about. And I think we, uh, especially in the personal growth space, because it got, it's gotten very high, right? And I love the space, but it's gotten very high where we don't talk about the arena enough. Like before I talk about anything business, I always say, like, are you ready for the arena? Because there's a fight, right? You can call it a dog fight, cock fight. Like, I don't care what kind of fight you call it, but there's a fight coming. And if you want to do, and if you want to do something great, it's a great fight coming. But if you want to do nothing, there's a fight coming, mm. right? Like, and this is why I say this is like, if you do nothing big with your life, you try to do nothing, serve nobody, you're still going to go through some shit. Yeah. And now my question to you would be, if we know that, if you do nothing, you're going to go through some. And if you do everything, you're going to go through some. Why the hell not go through? Why not, not try to do some great shit? If we're going to get the shit part anyway, you might as well try to do some great stuff with it. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. So like, before we talk about like the mountaintop, seven figures plus, any of these things, scaling, everybody wants to talk about scaling now, like it's a thing, scaling is a symptom, not a cause, but whatever. These things that everybody wants to talk about, all these catchphrases, right? It's like, are you ready for the fight? Mm, are you ready for the arena? Because if you're not thinking about that, you're missing a lot of the journey. If there, And I ask this because if there's an ounce of quit in you, stop now. Because uh, you know, as well as anybody, that this journey is going to make you push. If there's an ounce of quit in you, it'll push you to that ounce. It has no bearing on if you feel up to it or not. Yeah. All right. The battles you had to fight, they weren't like, hey, Joseph, you ready? Okay, here it comes. Right. Yeah, it's not T-ball. Right. It's we're major league of life. Yeah. All right. And it's that fight is going to happen. We have to be mentally, physically, and emotionally prepared for that fight as well as we can. Right. It's uh, funny, I forget who said it, but it was a great speaker. He said, the military trains you on two things first. The first thing they train you on is if your gun jams. Why? It's because that's not a typical situation. You have to be able to handle it. <laughs> yeah. And the second thing is how to carry a dead body. Because if you can handle those two things, you probably can handle the rest, right? Your gun jams in a fight. How do you unjam it quick and keep your head and carrying bodies? Why is because that's mentally preparing for loss for the battle. How often do we mentally prepare for listen? I take cold showers sometimes, right? Because AJ, my boy, that's part of Unleashing Now, there's people that take cold showers. And when I first started taking them, they were miserable, just straight miserable. But now they're not so bad. Right. right? Now I enjoy them. So it's like, what are we doing to prepare ourselves for the fight? Because we always look at the the shiny object, the destination, the gold yeah. at the end of the rainbow. But no one told taught us how to climb a rainbow. Right. So it's like we have to prepare for the fight, too. And I think a lot of things now we're missing that and we really got to prepare for it. Funny thing you said, I want to say the story because you'll make fun of me because <laughs> it's so true to what you said. After you learn how to help, right, and that you see it and that you love it and that it just feels it does something to you, right, to serve others. Yeah. I go through like my first like I know how to help somebody now. Right. Right. And I'm like, bro, I have to help someone right now. And, and Alex is with me. He's like, bro, it's like 1 a.m. almost <laughs> right now. No, unless you're giving someone a ride from a bar, you ain't helping nobody. Right? I'm like, no, 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 no. We're going to help somebody. We're going to help somebody. I'm like, I don't want to go to a bar because they'll be drinking and not, not good. I'm going to go to the diner. Right? When it's called the Hollywood Diner in Dover, Delaware. I went in there and I push in the door. I'm so excited, man. I'm like, I'm looking around the whole place. I'm like, who am I going to go to? Who am I going to go to? And there's a dude sitting at the counter. And I'm like, that's my guy. I'm going to go talk to him. I'm like, excuse me, sir. And he's like, 
yeah i think he thinks is i'm gonna ask is it okay to sit at the counter and i'm like i want to know what your problem is and i'm gonna fix it right so like talk about like just arrogant dumbass me right <laughs> i'm like i, I want to know what your problem is we're gonna solve it now we're gonna fix your problem right now he looks at me he's like you're it and i'm like you got it sir i just walked away i'm like see fixed it right <laughs> I gotta wait. but it was like but it was like that's the it just goes to your body like that yeah. right like it's yeah. just like wow this is fuel and a fuel i never experienced before that so then it was just how can we magnify that fuel right and that's right. been our journey since to the listeners you know if they're struggling with something you know whether i mean you've been through the death of some friends and even to the point of i mean family members even to the point of suicide for yourself if they're having that kind of life, if they're going through their own hell in the hallways, like what I, I like to call it, what would be something that you can encourage them or even some action steps that, that worked for you, that you that you found helped you? What would be something that you can give them? Oh, man, that's, that's tough, right? Because we're all different. Yeah, of course. Right? You know, one of the biggest from victim to victor kind of moments, right? Mm-hmm. I stopped looking at loss and I started looking at the blessing in which I had, right? I lost my dad as a teenager, right? 18, 19. But I had my dad for 18, 19 years. One is looking at the loss. One's looking at the gift. I lost my brother when I was 10, but I had a brother for 10 years. I was close to me in age. I lost my boys when I got older, right? Multiple of them. But I had friends like that. Yeah. I had boys. I got to experience that, right? Like the, the natural, like you said something earlier about connection and let's not even start because connection to me is like the dopest shit on earth. The pure human, like the, there's only one level lower than like connection to me, like the pure point of life, yeah. right? Is for us to connect. There's only one layer I go to below that one. And that's to love and be loved, mm. right? Because if you, if you look at God's word, God's words is a lot of like love everyone, yeah. love your neighbor, love. Love is the key, right? There's a reason why it's brought up so much. So when we're bringing up the word love, it's like our whole body wants to feel it and wants to give it. So for my heart to break, right? For me to feel that pain, I had to love. No longer did I have to love, I was probably loved in return. So as much as that loss is unbelievably sucky, right? Like there's, I can't do anything to take away that feeling of that loss. Like you're going to get it. But if we see the gift, what we didn't have to have, right? At nowhere was it written that we were going to experience this. You were going to have the wife you had. You were going to have the dad you had. Like You were going to have the relationship at the end with the dad you had. At nowhere was that written as a certainty. Right. But we got it. We, we did what we did to have that for that moment, right? And in life, we fight for moments. So as much when you're going through the dark, think of the light, right? And so when I'm going through hardship now, it's funny, my hard days now aren't as hard as they used to be in that way, right? But when I'm going through hard days now, I always think about, listen, like I'm here. First, I'm here. I get to see my daughter another day. Like, I get to experience today. I get to meet and talk with you today. Right? Like, nowhere was this written like it had to happen. I'm lucky. I'm blessed for this moment. It's always focus. What we focus on, we'll see. Yeah. If you want to see how bad your life is, you'll see it. If you want to see how great your life is, you'll see it. Right? So, one, own your power. And my thing is, don't hide from the hurt. Like we talked about earlier, you got to go through it to grow from it. Let's not hide from it. Let's embrace the suck right? For what it is and what comes out of it. And I will say this, my hardest days, my hardest days, my brother, right? Some of the hardest times, my boy, Carter, some of the hardest times, my boy, Ferris and wig, my dad passing. His new name was Ducky military. He said he was calm on the surface, but underneath his feet were moving a mile a minute. He said he could hide his, hide his nerves. If I never experienced that stuff, I wouldn't be here doing what I am right now. The hardest moments of my life became the greatest point of my life. So when you're going through it, 
make it for something. That's good, man. All right. Don't just go through it for nothing. Like we're both here talking about some of the hardest times in our life that brought us to some of the greatest points in our life. And if I never had those, I wouldn't be here. So you can't hate the destination. No, you can't love the destination and hate the journey. You're a biggest hypocrite. You can't enjoy and embrace this destination saying, holy shit, life is good right now. And say that journey sucked. I hate the journey. Yeah. You have to be grateful for both of them. Cause if I didn't have that journey, I wouldn't be here. So they're, they coexist. So I have to embrace both of them and be thankful for both of them. That's awesome, man. That's some powerful stuff. I'm, man, I'm writing notes down as, as you're talking. Talk to me about, tell me about Unleash You Now. Tell me what this is and how it got started. So originally it was CMF when I first started, Coach Mike Faber. And I realized something a little a couple years in, I was just like, yo, like everybody's business is named them. The John Maxwell team, Tony Robbins Associates, Eric Thomas Associates, mm-hmm. Bob Proctor and company everyone's named after them what happens if something happens to them yeah who are we going to all we know is them so i'm like yo i don't want this to be about me i don't want this to be michael faber and sons partly because right now i have no sons but it's like what is you're doing what are you doing and what are you doing it for why do you do it i wasn't doing this for me so i had to take my ego out of it and say i don't need a company named after me i'm going to do something bigger and better for my legacy it's not going to be a title of a company and i didn't want a business businesses fail all the time. I wanted a movement. I wanted something where if you don't, I don't care if you give me a dollar, right? You can be part of the movement, right? Movements don't die. Think about like Apple. Apple is like the shittiest logo on earth. It's a half-bitten apple. Go to the store, bite an apple, go outside, try to sell it. Probably not going to work very well. They've sold billions of dollars of crap, have multi-billion dollar company now with a half-eaten apple on the back of it. And no one will cover that logo because they want people to know they have Apple. Crazy. And why is because they came in, they said, we were for the misfit. They said, we're for the person that doesn't want to sit in a cubicle. It was something bigger than a product. And that's why they went from crappy computer to an iPad, an iPod, and then an iPad, and then smartphones, and then earphones. And like, it just went down this line. Now they make a bunch of, everybody has all their different products. And they're not a product anymore. It's a statement. It's a movement. So it's like, what do you believe in? What are you about? What is your company about? So we sat down, we said, and like one of my biggest things is like, I think of it like a tree, man. The quote about the tree. The first part is unleash you. We're here and we want to unleash you. Like, fuck us. We want to unleash you. <laughs> from society's expectations of what you're supposed to be or not be, from cultural, right, standards, from family tradition, right? And people that say, it's like you said something at, when everything was happening and the walls were crumbling down in your life. And everybody was like, oh, you deadbeat, you shitty, you bad dad, right? Like, it's all that BS noise we hear that if we let that in, we're holding ourselves back and living to a structure created by someone else. Remember earlier, I talked about create your person, create you, create your character, right? Don't let other people create that thing. You know how long I sat back and didn't say something or didn't talk about what I knew or wouldn't speak up in a situation because, oh, hold on. Our society says, don't do that. Oh, hold on. My family our family ties, we wouldn't say something like that. We wouldn't do something like this. This isn't how we would handle it. I have to handle it this way. And no, you don't. Who are you? Right. Right? How are you going to handle it? What do you live by? I don't say you have to live by their code, but you have to have a code. Yeah. Because then if I have a code and I see you have a code, I respect you because you have one. Right? Like, all right, cool. We're both on that, we're both on that level. We can connect. We can, we can align. So it's like, it's unleash your inner greatness and we all have greatness within us. So it's unleash your inner greatness to create your masterpiece, right? And I don't care. Listen, I do not care if you're the greatest poet on earth or the greatest street sweeper the city has ever seen because you're creating a masterpiece. If it's something that speaks to you, if you're like, yo, I'm going to sweep that street so your kids can play safely, 
so the people can go your people in your community go to the store can provide for their family can can do this so my mail can be delivered without having a headache or wait an extra week like we had to last year like if we could do those things like thank you you're creating a masterpiece that we all get to appreciate every freaking day yeah. and if you're painting the Sistine Chapel cool whatever your masterpiece is is right thank god it doesn't have to be paint because I can't paint or shit all right i cannot paint like you can be like paint a room i'll be like don't have me do it you'll i'll pay you not to have me do it all right like i'm I'm miserable at it you'll make fun of it it'll be bad so it's like we all have our unique way of creating our own masterpiece and the now part is because the tree 20 years ago first best time second best time now stop holding in your greatness and unleash that thing now right so it's unleash you now and everything we do is built on unleashing the greatness within someone and letting the world and everybody they're supposed to impact to speak life into them to do the same in any way possible from literally speaking, course creation, writing a book, open, uh, running a business. We serve empowering entrepreneurs. That's why I like to say we serve the most. And it's because they're putting their impact in the world. And like, if you're about impact over income, if you're about changing the world, if you're about making this place a better place, we probably can coexist and have some great conversation and do that shit together because I'm done with the competition model. I'm in the collaboration model. Man, that's good stuff, man. I like that. So how can people connect with you? What's the best way for people to connect? You can find me on any social media site, Michael Faber, right? Or the coach, Mike Faber. Also unleash you now every, on every site. You can email me. My, literally on my stuff, on, on every social media site, my email and my number are public. Because when I say I'm there for you at any time about anything, I'm there for you about anything. I got to put, I got to be able to stand on what I say, right? Yeah. It's like, I'm willing to die behind what I say. So if I'm willing to do that, I got to be real about it. So you can call me or email me at any time. Sometimes that backfires. People call me about weird stuff and like trying to mess with me. That's fine. <laughs> but I make everything public. You can find me. You're going through it. You're battling right now. I'm a message away, man. You're not alone. Dude, that's awesome, man. That really is awesome. I want to ask you one last question before we jump off. Let's do it. What does the words purpose through pain mean to you? My life. Mm. Right? Pain has a weird way of exposing our purpose. So when I hear that, that's what I think of. I think that our life gets clearer going through that because then we see, because anything we do, it's like when you play a sport and you go to practice and then they're like, run, you're like, fuck this, I'm out. But then you go to a different sport and you're like, no, I'll run here because I love this thing. Yeah. Right. That pain made us, that showed us what we were willing to go through for it or not willing to go through for it. Think about it in life. Right, you know, there's relationships where it's like, you're a pain, yes. I'm not going to keep doing this. Yeah. All right. And there's other relationships where it's like, you're a pain. Yes, but I love you more. So I'm staying, I'm here. Like you ain't not going to get rid of me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. And I think that's what ourselves too. Like we're going to go through a certain amount of pain to see our purpose, to be able to clearly see clarity is king. That's awesome, dude. That's awesome. And I've absolutely Thanks, enjoyed being on the show, brother. I'm, thank you so much guys. The, the listeners out there, please go to unleash you now Check out uh, Michael Faber. He's, he's an amazing guy. We've only known each other a couple weeks on social media, but we've both been commenting back and forth on each other's posts, both just encouraging people. You know, like attracts like. And right. when you truly are open, when you're truly a positive person, it attracts. It really does. And those are the people that stand out. And those are the people that's kind of people that we're having on our shows. I just encourage everybody... Go check out his stuff. Please don't forget to stay tuned to more episodes of Purpose Through Pain podcast. Like us, share us, subscribe, give us a rating because we want to keep this up. We want to continue to reach the masses with a positive of just helping people go that go through trauma, hurt, pain, guilt, shame, you name it. We want to be able to help. So guys, thank you so much for tuning in. 
Thank you for listening to the Purpose Through Pain podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to share with a friend and leave a five-star review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe through your favorite podcast host so you won't miss a single episode. You're one step closer to finding true freedom and breakthrough.